This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Pixar in Review. I'm your host, Nick Scarpino, alongside It's Christmas Everywhere She Goes, Joey Noel. Hello. The master of the ones and twos, Mr. Kevin Coelho. Uh, what's up, man? And the best man in his room, Mr. Andy Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, everybody? Uh, Tim. Me you get the best person in his room right now. <laughs> uh, of course, Tim usually hosts this show, but he has had a power outage at his uh, place of living because what just attacks the power grid, and we're worried for him. I don't think he's winning this fight, Kevin. Last update, Tim was like, I think this is my last moment on Earth. He and was I- emotionally distraught the last time I spoke to him as well. Yeah. Tough. So I'll, I'm going to be taking us through uh, Pixar in review. Today, we are reviewing Soul. Uh, and of course, this episode of Interview is brought to you by our Patreon producers, who are amazing, uh, the kind of funny Destiny 2 PC clan. Uh, we like you guys very much. Next week's interview are Scream 3 and Scream 4, so make sure you stick around for that. And then following week is going to be a Venom rewatch, and then Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, also, episode of Interview is by HBO Max, Rooster Teeth, and Rooster Teeth's Last Laugh Season 2, hosted by Jeff and Elise. So definitely go check all that stuff out. We'll tell you about that a little bit later. Right now, let's talk about Soul. A runtime of one hour and 40 minutes. Released December 25th, uh, 2020. This is Pixar's 23rd film, directed by Pete Doctor, an American animator, film director, screenwriter, producer, voice actor, and uh, too many things here, Pete. I'm just going to say, just cut it off to the most important two things, okay? That's what I'm talking about right here. You know what I mean? Anywhere like, trying to be a quadruple producer. Threat. What's that? Just trying to be a quadruple threat, you know? It's too much. It's too much. You're, you're a director... And you're oh, a voice Lord. actor. That's fine. You just don't spill have to the soda talking. all over my desk. Hold, please. Joey, do you need to set? Do we need to put um, the, I guess we'll find out. the pause screen? I don't Joey, don't, have a, you Joey, don't drop the forks we'll in the cake. We'll ask her okay, last. Okay, we'll ask her Copy that. Uh, he is best known for directing the Pixar animated up. feature films, Monsters, Inc., Up, and Inside Out, and as a key figure and collaborator at Pixar. The music was done by Trent Renzo and Atticus Ross. Trent Reznor. Well, it says Resno, so that's what I mean. That's what I'm reading Listen, right here. Maybe I had to build Pixar review for the first time ever today. It's funny because I got to Atticus time. Ross of Nine Inch Nails, and I was like, "Huh, I didn't know there was a guy, another guy named Trent in Nine Inch Nails named Trent Resno." I, I just want to say it feels good to know that everyone takes this job as seriously as like I do, where it's like day of Tim didn't have it built, and it's like thank thank God, you know, like we're all pushing ourselves to the limit. And if something goes wrong, you know, it's it's the microchip thing. Like where we're walking even a fine grain of salt, here, Kevin. even exactly. if a grain of salt or yeah. grain of, uh, what is it? Sand? Rice? Sand? No, it's sand. sand. Would, yeah, would destroy us completely. Yeah. Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus <laughs> Ross with Nine Inch Nails and John so Batiste. I assume that's spelled correctly. Who composed the jazz songs uh, for the New York City 
portion of the film, which I very much liked. Budget of 150 plus million. Box office return of 119.3 million. So it was originally scheduled for theatrical release in the United States on June 19th, 2020. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic, it was delayed to November 20th, 2020. Replacing Disney's animations film uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, who released uh, whose release was delayed to March 5th, 2021. On October 8th, 2020, Disney announced the cancellation of the film's theatrical release, and it would be it would premiere exclusively on Disney Plus on December 25th, 2020. Uh, some Guess awards. What day that is? Uh, December 25th, 2020. That is Joey Noel's birthday. Thank you. Yeah, good birthday, Joey. Coming up. Happy birthday, Joe. Any day could be your birthday if you just say it on Twitter. What? <laughs> I said any day can be your birthday if you just say it on Twitter. <laughs> One time true. I posted on Instagram, happy birthday, everyone, or happy birthday. And I just did this, and someone was like, happy birthday, Nick. I'm like, no, I was wishing you a happy birthday if it was That's birthday. the Tamar Hussein way. Yeah. Exactly. Andy got it. Uh, Soul led the 93rd Academy Awards season with three nominations, including Best Sound. The film received two Oscars, Best Animated Picture and Best Original Score, which were also awards it received at the 78th Golden Globes Awards. Some fun facts. Uh, we always talk about the Bechdel test, which is a measure of representation of women in fiction. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement that the two women must be named in some time is sometimes added as well. Uh, in this case, they are both named, and it does pass because there's a... Uh, Terry Terry. <laughs> what's that? It's what Terry is Terry. it, though? Well, for one, I mean, the souls aren't necessarily gendered, uh, yeah. but also we have a, a scene where um, 22, who is referred to at one point, I believe, as a she, uh, is uh, has a conversation with Connie out on the stoop about whether or not she should quit. And, uh, and it's also confusing because she's inhabiting a male body at that point. Exactly. There's a lot really? of stuff going very on. Good this is very meta. It's very, very meta. Yeah. Um, not much trivia here, but I'll read this because this is kind of funny. The production baby's part of the credits is retitled Recent U Seminar Graduates. Uh, before the end logo rolls, it says, in oh, addition to, uh, yeah, that's fun. Usual created by Pixar text says, and in the homes at least six feet away from that. each other in the Bay Area, referencing the fact that the animators worked at home due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, and then another fun piece of, uh, well, we, well, I'll just say it here, but just remember this from when we get to the pizza scene. A broccoli pizza from Inside Out uh, appears amongst the pizzas when Joe tries to show 22 the joys of life. And of course, 22, can anyone guess what 22 is significant for? We'll go on I feel like table. it's cheating because I wrote this. Yeah, Joey, you're not allowed to write. You're not yeah, Joey, you it. can't answer. You can't answer. Yes. Andy, um, what do you think 22 means? Uh, oh, I, I think I have it. I think I have it. First one to win gets the rest of this iced coffee. So, so I don't wait for Andy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the, Gino, uh, the DNA? Uh, no, it is a reference to the really? 22 prior films that came before this. This being oh, the that makes a lot more sense. In the Pixar universe. Oh. You know what I'm saying, right? The 22 genomes. I was going to say, smart the, the the I was going to say, um, I was going to say Emmett Smith from the Cowboys. 22 pairs. Chromosomes. Of... Yeah. yeah. Chromosomes. Hey, there's ah. 22, right? It might be. There, that might I don't be, think that there might are. Be there's 23. Is it 23? Is it 23? Me and Andy have 24. This is 23 me. Yeah. Oh, well, Joey, uh, I fucked that up. That was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> let's go around the table. Joey, let's start with wait, you. Real what quick, did wait, you think? Sorry. Oh, sure. Real quick. Let me just go in. Cause like, it's the thing you just said a minute ago. For whatever reason, when this movie ends and you get that, like, the little page that says, like, you know, all made bay. all over the bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that really hit home. I don't know. Like, I was watching it and I was like, wow, what a, like, nice little thing to encapsulate, you know, how the movie was made forever. And the, I don't know. It's just a weird thing that, like, hit me really hard at the end of it. We got that also for Luca, I believe, right? Was Yeah, that sounds about right. That makes sense. Yeah, we saw that pop up. Let's talk about what we thought of soul joey what do you think of soul kick it off 
winding up to start with me on this one. Andy, what'd you think of Soul? Kick it off. No, it's too late. I'm starting. <laughs> Joey's got soda all over her. <laughs> it's fine. I only spilled nominally. Um, unpopularly, I don't really like this movie. <laughs> You're fucking crazy. <laughs> I know. I Say, know. Joey fucking sucks. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, Joey. <laughs> Like, I understand that it's a good movie. There's just a, and this makes sense, especially coming from you two. There is a section of Pixar movies that I don't really care about, including Inside Out and Wally, that are like a little bit more existential and like ethereal in nature. And this falls in that category. And they just, I don't find them particularly fun, um, which is why I don't really like them. Um, What else was I going to say? A lot of the like body swap humor stuff didn't really hit for me. Um, it feels really long to me and it feels like it's going to end like two different times. Uh, I just don't, I don't really like it. I think at the time when I first watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so great. But I also think it's because I had just watched Wonder Woman 1984 and I was like, this is a great palate cleanser from that. <laughs> um, but I just, I under, it, yeah, the like existential, what do you want to do with your life thing doesn't, like what's your purpose doesn't really hit for me yeah andy what'd you think this movie's incredible holy shit like i can't believe how this is not a kid's movie like at all like i know we say that about a lot of pixar movies but this one is not a kid's movie um and i think all the concepts and creativity that go into trying to personify what makes you you um uh, all of that shit is just so damn creative and I enjoy the side characters and I, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's just incredible. I thought from front to back, I am invested in this story. I think Jamie Foxx is so damn good. He's such a great actor and his line delivery is just always on point. And, um, I'm glad the movie didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. I, when we got into the freaky Friday territory, I was like, Oh no, don't let this be, the main conflict. Like, I don't want this yeah, to be the main conflict. Fun. Um, at one and, point, Andy, did you think the cat was gonna have to play piano? N- no, <laughs> no, but that's hilarious. That's fucking hilarious. But uh, like, like, like Ratatouille, like get on, get on his head and move his hands. Um, but there was a moment that I thought they were gonna tread into that territory, into the, in my opinion, lesser quality of a movie territory when he finally gets back into his body and. Uh, Homegirl's like, you got the gig. And he's like, all right, awesome. Like, this is my chance. This is where I'm going to pop off. And I was like, oh, no. 22 has his piano skills. I thought they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to go up on stage and be like, I don't know how to play piano. God damn yeah. it, 22. And I was like, please don't let the movie do this. But it stayed on track in the exact sort of um, way that I wanted it to go. And um, by the end of it, I, I, I'm a mess. Like, I think this movie just does such a great job of... Um, this movie kind of like, yeah, it'll make you feel like shit, you know, <laughs> you will kind of feel like, am I really experiencing the world for what it for what it really can be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and having all those flashbacks and seeing her seeing 22's wonderment and her watching the little girl play trombone and then her eating the pizza and her experiencing what life actually is all about. And uh, I think all of that backed with that piano was just like it's hitting on all levels right now this movie's amazing uh it's definitely going to be way up there for me by the end of it kevin uh i am 
right there with Andy uh, and super, super the opposite of Joey, who sucks. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. She knows. But Joey, uh, you suck. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spill this all over my camera and just log off. Uh, man, if your vote doesn't come in, it doesn't come in. Now be <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I love this movie. I think that it's incredible what Pixar like it it's wild to me that they sat down and they're like let's dive deep into the exist- existential likeness of existing and purpose and what that means for for us and how 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 we can make a movie out of it and like I feel like they did such a good job nailing everything I really liked that it, it kind of has the, the movie kind of has two feels to it right like getting back to being alive and then getting back into his body and then doing something with that. Um, I, I just think the, the casting is phenomenal. Everyone that, that is in this movie is great. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just, just, it grabs my attention from the very beginning and held on to it so, so well. Yeah. And visually it. the concept art, concept artist just popped the hell off. This yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing. The, the visuals are stunning the way they make the, uh, what the other side, or I can't, I can't remember the name of it, but like yeah. all of that world look. And then there are several scenes where we see the, uh, the musician who, what was her name? Hold on. Dorothea. Uh, Dorothea. Dorothea yeah. Where she's like singing and oh, like the, the shot of her, like, I don't, it's not like that it looks realistic, but like, you can tell that, like, they were like, this is the aesthetic we want, and then they fucking nailed it and made it look so good. Yeah, anyways, yeah, I, I love this movie. I'm, uh, I'm kind of with Joey on this one. Um, I wanted to like this movie a lot more than I did, but I think it kind of gets lost in the existential and forgets to be fun. I, I think it's stunningly animated. I think the voice cast is perfect, and I think everyone does a great job, and I love, 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 love the music in this. And I was all in. There's even a moment when I was writing the synopsis for this when he goes down and does his audition in the club. And he, like, does that thing where he, like, looks at the painting, the pictures on the walls. Like, I do that when I go to comedy clubs. You look at the pictures of the walls of all the greats that came before you and you think, oh, I just want, I want to be on the level where someone wants to hang my picture on this wall. And then, of course, he goes down and he descends into, like, the cool club that's at no windows and it's cramped and it's going to be, you know, in, like, six hours is just going to they're just gonna light up that stage and i'm like this movie is really speaking to me right now and then he winds up in a cat and i'm like i i don't like the body swap stuff i don't like the freaky friday stuff um and the movie i'm not even sure that i 100 percent agree with the movie's message which i'm not even quite sure what the movie's message is supposed to be at the end like i think it's supposed to be and you guys correct me if i'm wrong like i would love to see what you guys got out of this but i think it's supposed to be like life isn't all about pursuing that one thing and trying like pursuing your passion. You have to kind of like take everything as it comes and like experience everything and like maybe not so be so crazy hardcore about it. But I just like, I don't know. There's always some part of me that's like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I think that like he does have to have a balance and that's true. And I think he's been imbalanced so much that he's been so focused on this that he forgot that, you know, maybe he's spent more time with the kids, but I don't, think i mean that that environment with the kids didn't look like it was all that great either so I was like this guy doesn't really have a lot going on for him no. either way um but of course it does remind me of the old ferris bueller uh adage of like you know life moves pretty fast if you don't stop to take a look every once in a while i might just miss it um i get it i just i don't know it's so weird because pixar lately has been on that weird run and kevin i know that was i forget what movie it was where you were like disagreeing with like the 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 general statement of it uh, but incredible yeah, yeah. Was, was it, yeah it was incredible it was incredible two 
or no, one. It was, oh, one. One. It was like, yeah, don't try like, to be super. Yeah. <laughs> That's the message. Um, That's the message. But this is, it's just interesting because a lot, every movie to come before this is always like, hey, try really, really hard and try to achieve the thing you want and you'll get it. And this is the opposite where it's like, don't, don't, don't try to do that. I don't, <laughs> just enjoy I don't, your life. No, no, I, don't I, think I, I disagree. Because I think, no, that, sorry. Yeah, I was going to, yeah, I disagree. I don't think the message is about trying to succeed in what you're doing. I think it's don't let the one thing you're pursuing get in the way of everything else. Don't have the blinders on or mm -hmm. else like you just mentioned with the, with the Ferris Bueller thing, like you will miss life. And, right. and I think a lot of that can apply to having that grind mindset and it's all about grind culture and you're, you're going after that thing and mm -hmm. um, you're, you're, I wake up and I, I do my work here kind of funny and I get on stream and I'm all about like, and then when I'm off stream, it's like, all right, what's this next video I could post? Because I, I'm in constant pursuit of that thing. Yeah. And there are tons of times where I'm like, I got to go for a walk. I got to get the fuck out of here. I got to call my parents. I need to like, it, it's so hard to do that though, because when you are in pursuit, you do worry about, am I going to lose it? Am I going to fall off the trail? And it's like, mm -hmm. You just got to take a second to relax and accept the world and enjoy the world for what it is. Um, and I think I, I hear that a lot about uh, parenthood where it's like, it's going to be a pain in the ass when the babies are crying and it's two in the morning, four in the morning and you're, you're, you're annoyed with it or whatever. It's like, it, love those moments because they're going to be gone. Next thing you're going to blink and they're going to be 17 years old, you know? And I, I just think that a lot of this movie is applied to that. And like, don't get so caught up in the passion. Enjoy everything. Try to enjoy everything. See, it's it's interesting to me though because like uh, I got I got that out of this, but it didn't hit for me, and it didn't hit for me because it wasn't his life is was kind of a slog all the way through until he steps out of the door, and even then you're like, you've worked your whole life, you finally got this one thing, and you didn't enjoy it. And I get it's because you don't have balance in your life. But like the moments where you were supposed to be finding that balance should be entertaining and fun. And they were just kind of stressful <laughs> to me, like watching this. Kevin, I, I do think that he did enjoy it. I think the problem he was having then was that he like condemned 22 to like becoming a zombie ghost thing. And that's why he couldn't enjoy it. I think he was feeling guilt there because I think it is everything he wanted, but he felt like he had stolen. I mean, he, he had quite literally stolen the life from 22 and I think yeah. that's what his dilemma was. I think that this movie, its message is like, hey, just because something is like your it's spark, it. that doesn't mean it's what gives you purpose. That yeah. being said, I think it is reinforces like if you work hard, you can achieve your goals. Like I think at the end of this, he doesn't stay a teacher. I think he very much goes off See, with, think, with the band. Interesting. Interesting. Because yeah. I think he stays a teacher. I think I misread. I, I read that moment differently, right? I know he was feeling like conflicted about the 22 stuff but i read that moment as i worked my entire life focused on this pushed everything else and have nothing else in my life and i achieved this moment and it's an empty feeling because i don't have balance in my life i don't have anything else going for me i don't have a, they mentioned lisa uh which is the girlfriend that he could have had he doesn't really have a relationship with his mom and then she tells and then dorothea of course tells that story of the the fishes right where she's like you're looking for the ocean and she's like well you're in it like this is it this is yeah. life and it's kind of I mean, I understand what she's talking about, but it was also kind of a depressing analogy, right? Like, like that story is kind of like the kids. And like, that may uh, be why I'm drawn to this. <laughs> maybe I don't know. I just, I just felt like this movie was 
like very real and not as inspirational as I was I was hoping it would be for someone trying to achieve their goals. Like normally what you do is you'd start with the character that's like already achieved it and doesn't have perspective on his life and has to step out step back and find that balance. But in this one he's like I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I had I had a, I had kind of a, an, an unfortunate reaction to this. It just didn't it didn't hit for me and I yeah, I didn't I didn't care for it that yeah. much, dude. Oh. Cool. Andy. I was going to mention real quick like I I think why I'm so surprised by this is that throughout all of these 23 movies that we've watched, uh, 24 or whatever. This is the last one, by the way. Yeah, it's the final one. Um, With all of them that we've watched, you can, if somebody does a scouting report and notices how I grade, it is always, well, if the movie doesn't have enough good, entertaining, fun dialogue with laughs, Andy normally won't rate it as high as the one that had a bunch of laughs and it was a fun time. And like, I agree with you, Nick. I don't think this movie is like super fun in a whole lot of ways. Like I'm not getting great witty dialogue and laughing every two seconds because Billy Crystal saying some funny shit or whatever. Like this, I think it's just the powerful, uh, the power um, of the story and the message are what is elevating this so high for me when really I am the, I'm the dialogue guy. That's why Thor Ragnarok is my number one MCU movie. Like that movie's funny as shit to me, and I can watch that nonstop. And it's why, well, Wally is my number one here. Well, Coco, Coco, Wally, whatever. But normally, the movies that are rank higher for me are the ones that have a lot of fun factor to them. This doesn't really have a whole lot of that, but it's still so. It, it was still so well made and written, and uh, I think the story is just so neatly carved out that I I do rate it as high as I do. Interesting. So let's get to the vote. Part of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think part of my issue with it too is like the I feel like the soul thing is like a oh it's not inside out, but it treads like slightly in that territory of like the souls and purpose and all of that kind of stuff. So it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a fresh Pixar take in terms of like world building the way that it does. It's like, Oh, well like what if monsters had, or of like what are, what's monster world like? And like all of those things that I feel like are the things that to me are the things that like define a Pixar movie. Um, I think anything that's like set on earth, that's like not as creative are also just not, I think it's just the fun factor. I think Andy nailed it. Where it's just not fun. <laughs> and, and it's so interesting to me because while watching this, I'm like this, there's so many parallels between this and inside out with the, the emotions and your personality and building out the person and the you that you are yeah. and, and what makes you, you, you know? And I think there are a lot of parallels between how they conceptually go from like pen to screen of, how are these worlds going to be presented and what are these, what are these concepts look like on screen? Mm-hmm. Um, I just think this movie did a much better job of telling a better story, even though inside out, I thought is a more fun movie, right? It's, it's, it's got all these silly characters and this movie doesn't really have a whole lot of that. It really just feels like I've mentioned it before, but, Pixar does one for the fans and one for them. <laughs> this feels like yeah. this was just a story they wanted to tell and they had to make it as cute as possible to still be a Pixar movie. But goddamn, I just thought it was so strong throughout. All right, Andy. Please tell us the story. Yeah, Nick, tell us the story.
Hey, we kick it off with the Disney castle. And of course, I love when they do this. I love when they redo the, the When You Wish Upon a Star. And this time they did it with my high school jazz band. And we were terrible. <laughs> and that explains why Mr. Jackson hated me. Uh, we cut over I, and Joe's conducting wait, a middle school real band. Real quick. I legitimately yeah. didn't like this. Like, what, I think that they started too early, right? Because they also do the Pixar with the high school. Right? The Pixar. Uh, I don't remember. I don't recall. I, I thought they sure. did both. And I was like, that's too much. Also, it sounds terrible. So this oh, is a moment bad. where I was like, I get it. But like, you know what, though, Kevin, since you've never been in marching band, let me explain to you. OK, bud. <laughs> when you were in middle school in your head, you sound amazing. Mm. But then you go back and watch old footage of yourself on VHS and you understand why your band director wanted to kill you. You really do. You, we were terrible. Uh, <laughs> Joe conducts his middle school band, and they suck, except for Connie, who absolutely shreds in the trombone. So naturally, as kids do, everyone makes fun of her. Joe tells Connie, he's, he's like, listen, kids, Connie got lost in the music, and then he's like, this is what you want. And he tells a story of the first time his dad took him to see jazz ever, and he saw the same thing happen to a jazz piano. Jazz pianist went off, and they all got lost, and it was a wonderful thing, and it's what made him want to play music in the first place. And he goes, Connie understands what I'm talking about, right, Connie? And Connie goes, I'm 12. That's He's one of the best characters in this entire movie. Yeah, we need more Connie. Uh, Joe gets a knock on the door, and it's some good news. Maybe he finally has his full-time band director status with a salary and health care and all the trappings that come with having a full-time job and not being a working musician. Uh, he tells Joe, uh, uh, Mom, excuse me, Joe tells his mom this, and she's, of course, super excited that her son finally has a steady job and can put all the, that gigging behind him, but Joe is obviously conflicted. His dream is to play music, not deal with shitty kids. Curly. Uh, Mr. G's old student calls him to offer him the job of a lifetime, uh, which is to perform with Dorothea Williams. Uh, so, of course, Joe immediately, uh, despite having heard his mother saying she was super proud of him, just throws all that aside and rushes over to the, to the half note uh, so that he can meet with Dorothea. And, man, this is the part I'm talking about. I'm all in on this movie right to this point. I'm like, if this is going to be about a struggling musician, like, dealing with, like, trying to make it later in life i'm all about that especially as they walk into the club and i love how they animated it and and just concepted all of this stuff it's really, the, really the cool. lighting in this room is phenomenal the visuals of her playing saxophone just kevin already mentioned it but just that sort of slow zoom in on her with uh, just everything is so expertly rendered and then we see joe go into the zone and it's Man. so badass it is so cool <laughs> Um, it's great. She says, we're down to middle school teachers now, huh? We'll get up here to teach. We don't got all day. So they start playing. Joe's like, what are we going to play? And Dorothea's like, that's not how we roll right now. That's not what your audition's going to be. Your audition's going to be you follow me and you try to add to it. And of course, Joe doesn't get so real right there. <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. He's able to do it. And then he takes off into an amazing solo and kind of goes into this cool, like ethereal zone. Um, and when he comes out, everyone's staring at him. And he's like, uh oh, sorry about that. Did I go too far? And Dorothea says, Joe Gardner, where have you been? Awesome. Yeah, of course. It's really been. cool to see the way that they, like, conceptualize what, like, getting into the zone and the flow is. Because, like, I feel like everybody has it in, like, a different way or, like, a different thing that brings it out with them. And it was cool to, just to see, especially with the music and the lighting and stuff. I really like this. Part. I was in the zone when I was um, insulting fi uh, Finding Dory. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. I found my. I had the purple and blue lights all around me, Nick, and I was just like talking it, shit. Oh, yeah, I saw it. I found yeah. that. Yeah. If we can go, if you, if you want to go back right now, and insert that in here. You can actually see Andy the second Andy goes <laughs> so into the zone. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of VFX. Yeah. A lot yeah. of stuff. A lot of stuff. Come on, Roger. Earn your keep. Uh, Joe gets the job with the quartet, the, the quartet, and walks home elated, despite all almost getting hit by a car and almost having bricks fall on and all this stuff. He calls to tell uh, someone the good news. Of course, everything is going great until Joe spy, fails to spot that open manhole cover in front of him and, and falls, and he dies. And this is when I was like, oh, this makes sense because I saw the cover of this movie, and there's like a Casper the Friendly Ghost on it. So he's dead. Huh, that's a bummer. Um, he meets <laughs> the up. The way that the- they make these little soul things look fuzzy is like incredible to me <laughs> like whatever like it's, how the texture of it is brilliant it's such nice rendering and like material work and i absolutely adore that i think only he and 22 have that pink to orange kind of lighting on the one rainbow. side of their head i think it's always like the right side no matter what <laughs> way they're facing uh yeah i just love the way this is rendered and i think again this is just sort of a an extra step up from what inside out did with how they did their stuff and you can tell there's a lot of parallels and i bet you a lot of the same artists worked on both projects uh joe meets up with a group of souls that are all headed toward that big beautiful bright light in the sky and he freaks he's like i don't want to die on the day of my big break so he starts running in the other direction uh on top of an in, in the mix of countless other life forms that as they head toward that big bug zapper in the sky gets sort of zapped out and i think it's so cool how they animated it as they zap out andy did you catch that they kind of like they like they like dissolve into the primary colors Oh, no, I didn't notice that. Yeah, if you go back and watch it as they zap, it, like a chromatic apparition thing happens. Oh, and that's cool. And it goes red, white, uh, red, green, and blue. It's cool. That's really Kind neat. of a fun little touch they do that. Uh, of course, he starts running away. And as he does, uh, he kind of jumps off the bridge and like rips through and then goes through this weird kind of purgatory and then lands in the place with all the new souls. And then one bites him. Uh, one of the Jerry's comes over to settle everyone down. I think this is played by Alice Braga, who uh, we all know, of course, from Predators. Love that movie. Oh, right. Um, wow. And then she was in something else recently that we watched. I can't yeah. remember what it was. Uh, Su- no, Suicide Squad? No. Yeah, it was Suicide Squad. That's right. The new Suicide the James Gunn one. Good call. Good pull. Mm. She was the uh, the leader of the resistance right. on, that, mm-hmm. on the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes over and says, and settles everything down. And she, she gives him the, he's like, am I in heaven or am I in uh, H-E double hockey sticks? And then one of the kids is like, hell, we can spell wrong. And then. She tells him everything's great. Everything's going to be fine. You're in the great before, or as they call it now, the U seminar, which has been rebranded. Uh, Joe's body is sort of in a holding pattern uh, down below. We see that uh, back up on the road to the afterlife. Two workers, not- uh, Terry, I think is one of the workers, notices that the count is off and she's counting with like an abacus. And she's like, I don't know what's going on here. I got to go figure that I out. Really, I really like that actor too. Uh, I think her name is, I have it here, Rachel House. Yeah. She's in um, Thor. Ragnarok. Ragnarok, yeah. She's yeah, the like. She's one of the. First man, yeah, the it's like right hand man, man. from yeah. Jeff Goldblum, right? Yeah. Oh yes. right. Oh. She's also the cop in the hunt for wilder people. Phenomenal. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's cool. Phenomenal. Yeah, I love all of the line del- delivery. Yeah, very, very good. Very funny. Uh, back down the U seminar, Jerry sorts souls into personalities and then shows Joe the Earth portal. So he beelines right for that and jumps in. But it's time after time after time he keeps trying and nothing doing. He can't get there because he doesn't have his card. We're going to learn that later. Uh, Jerry tells Joe he's always, he, he always goes back to the afterlife, but he chooses. Uh, he's like, you got to be a mentor now. He's like, what's a mentor? Like, well, let's go find out. 
And then the accountant, Terry, comes and tells Jerry that the count is off and then heads into the file room to find her missing soul. Uh, Joe watches a presentation on how to be a mentor, and we learn about a missing spot on the soul's personality uh, cards. Uh, It's the spark spot. And once they find their spark, uh, that'll give them, quote-unquote, a purpose in life, and they can go live, which will be interesting. And a lot of this stuff was – this is where the movie sort of starts to lose me. Because we're sitting in a lot of these things and getting a lot of exposition, scene after scene after scene after scene. And I'm like, all right, I'm 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 following all this. I think it's very heady and I think it's very um, sort of conceptual and that's cool. But I, I'm kind of like, I want something else to happen here, right? I don't know. And we're in this, we're in these Not scenes for, for quite a while. Well, I mean, I just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, see, I, 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 guess, I guess that's kind of the, the, the difference my expectation for this film was kind of coming in and finding in, uh, the, the traditional Pixar, like we're going to have some fun and games in the section here. And this is definitely different. And, and I don't think that's necessarily negative or bad. I think it's just what I expected and what I got were two different things. Yeah. So I, I like, I like these sections cause they're getting such complex and there's like a bunch of throwaway lines that like when the, uh, the, the first Jerry introduced herself, she like explains that she's, a like multi-dimensional being that like is just dumbing herself down because we're we've got silly human brains and we don't understand it. And there's a bunch of little things like that that they say that are like so cool and like there's a lot of like really heady stuff. I I like that. Like I I like them diving it in and like when it ended too. There was kind of like I was still thinking about the way they had like you know turned all that stuff into something simple that we could digest in like a what 20 second video mm-hmm. uh, of course joe gets the bright idea that hey all i need is one of these pass cards and i can make it back to earth so i'll steal one but unfortunately he gets called up to be a mentor under the name of bjorn borgensen uh, who used to be a therapist he gets matched with soul number 22 and i like by the way that the soul that that got picked before him was soul number 175 <laughs> billion 700 whatever whatever and she's 22 i love I, I love they don't call attention to it like she's been denying going to earth for a very 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 long time Uh, she'll mention it several times that she's been here for thousands of years yeah uh uh, uh, of course 22 is a handful uh she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna wish you never died most people wish that that's what he says uh then they get sent to bjorn's Bjorn's memory banks and 22 tells joe the score she's like uh, joe tells her the truth about himself he asks her if there's any way to show a different life and then shows her his real life, which includes uh, him when he was a cool hip-hop band back in high school. And then the memory of the first time, of course, he fell in love with jazz with his dad when they went to the same club, which I think is the half note, which is why I think that has a, has a specific importance to him. Yeah. Um, he says the tune is just an excuse to bring out the you. And then Joe sees all of, uh, as we keep going, she's like, what are all these? And he sees all of his past rejections that led him to being a middle school band director. And his life seems kind of lonely. Uh, he says, my life was meaningless. He sees himself on the hospital bed in a coma. He's like, I got to get back to it. He demands 22's badge, but no matter what she tries to do, she cannot get rid of it. Unless, of course, it becomes an earth patch pass. And in order to do that, just to fill in that last little square. Uh, she's, and so they strike up a deal. What if I help you make it an earth pass? Will you give it to me then? And she says, I would get to skip life altogether forever. Deal. So with a deal struck, uh, they go to the, uh, he tries to give her the spark of music, but she doesn't like music sounds. Feels like a little too much. Uh, they head over to the hall of everything and 22 tells him the reason uh, she sounds like Tina Fey is because the whole place is hypothetical. She only uses her voice because it's annoy- annoys most people. And he's like, oh, it's working. It works very well. <laughs> uh, I also 
<clears throat> as I'm thinking about this, I don't think I love <laughs> Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, like their comedic timing in general, which is maybe why I don't really care for this or Inside Out. I Because I, I, I always pair the two of them together on most yeah. projects and stuff. I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out why I don't like this because I want to like these. I'm I'm kind of of the mind of like I I mean first off I'm I'm rewatching Thirty Rock right now. I love Tina Fey and I love Amy Poehler and I do I mean or maybe I, I just like them comedy. not as the main character. I just think it's these two characters don't have a lot of redeemable qualities to them, and so that's why it's difficult for me to 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 enjoy this on the level of a Pixar movie. This is more like an an indie film. That's trying to be esoteric and succeeding yeah. wonderfully, but it's one of those films Feels that you like walk out of the theater State. and you're like, "That was a really good film, and it was a really good examination of what it means to have purpose in life, or what it means to just be alive in general." And I never want to watch it again. Kind of to me, at least. Mm. But I digress. Kevin's just shaking his head like, "I'm not. I'm not helping you on this one, Nick." Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I, I loved it. I, I loved so much. Yeah, of it. but I'm I get, with you. I also... But it feels like a indie film. I really like um, Tina Fey. I think she's great. Um, Nick hates her for whatever reason. That's weird. I love Tina Fey. Have you have you watched Thirty Walk all the way through twice? Uh, no, I got to like season five. I think maybe you know four. What? Andy, pull his Tina Fey card, please. Kevin Thanks. was saying actually, he only got to season four. He's like, not enough Tina Fey is what he told me. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. in every scene. I'm <laughs> <laughs> joking. Uh, Do they you learned- also love Baby Mama? That seems like a Nick yeah. movie. Yeah, that okay. seems like a Nick movie. Joey, do you even have to ask that question? I hate that you really don't. Do you even have to ask that question? That movie is light years ahead of its time. Light years ahead. Light years. Uh, We get a fun scene here where they discover that in in the ethereal realm, they can't taste or smell or touch. And when she tries to eat a piece of pizza, it just poops right back out. Uh, Which I was like, oh, that's pretty clever. But guess what? It's going to come back a little later. And we get a montage of all the jobs 22 uh, could potentially do on Earth, which includes a firefighter job where she's like, he's like, okay, now you got to put out the fire. She's like, I kind of want to just let it burn. I get that. And you're like, oh, you're, you're a psychopath. That's fantastic. Uh, she's like, listen, I've been here way too long. I've never seen anything that makes me want to live until I saw how pathetic your life was and still and you want to go back. So she's kind of inspired by the fact that he keeps He's trying no matter what. Loser. Uh, they get caught by one of the juries. She's like, no, 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 we're going to try one more time to go break dancing. And then they run off. Uh, and then she shows him their, her hiding place. Uh, they head to that special little, like, little pizza. I guess it's a sink she goes in. in uh, and Is it's it her favorite box? place. What's that? Within it's like underneath box. the sink. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, she goes into the thing and then underneath the sink. And then that's when they go to the zone. And I Got think it. this is some of the best comedy here because she's like, yeah, I like to mess with people. One of which is she's like, I so keep messing cool. with this team. And it cuts over into the New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is the zone, right? This is a cool concept. Uh, but then we see a bunch of people uh, that were previously in the zone that have now become lost souls because uh, they just can't let go of their anxieties and obsessions, leaving them lost and disconnected from life. Uh, one of them, we just keep saying, make a trade, make a trade, make a trade, make a trade. But we don't know what he's saying yet until a little bit later. And then we meet uh, Moonwind, who flies out on a magical hippie boat uh, and saves one of the lost souls. And he draws a little circle on the ground and kind of reconnects him with a guy that's working at a hedge fund. And then the guy immediately quits. He's like, this is shit. I, I want to live. I I'm love the here. dramaticness in his quitting. <laughs> yeah. That's how I've always imagined we're going to quit this job. I've thought about it a lot, Nick. I've thought about it a lot. We're just going to stand on that de- on Tim's desk and just pee a circle on his keyboard. Just like now. And then you, I'm like, Kevin's gone. Now who's going to order you another keyboard from Amazon, Tim? Did you that monitor's that? too big, though, to do that same thing, though. <laughs> to like yeah. try to just swipe it off the table. 
Maybe you really pull, to... pull a tricep muscle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, they, they help that guy out. Poor, and they say, poor fellow. Some people just can't let go. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, looks like another hedge fund matter. That was a fun one. Uh, they draw a circle. Yeah, uh, sorry, I'm getting lost here. All of the mystics here are all people on earth who have mastered the art of meditation. Uh, and they go, I love this. This got me. This got a laugh out of me, right? Because they go around the corner and one of them's like, I'm this, I'm that. One of the women says, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student at Berkeley or whatever. And then they get to Moonwind and they just show him and he's one of the sign twirlers on the corner of like 14 <laughs> or whatever. In, in the, the zone. Like in the zone, yeah. yeah. Oh, I know that. Uh, which is great. Uh, 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 and then they head. He's like, listen, I got to be reconnected with my body. He goes, cool, we got to head to a thin spot. And I think I could do this, but it's going to take you a while. Uh, and he's like, I got lost one time for, uh, for a long time. And he's like, well, how, how did you get lost? He goes, I, I was lost because of tantric, he says. Which, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, is tantric sex. Yeah. Which means your orgasm. I thought, he said, I, I, I thought he said Tetris. He said Tetris. Oh, okay. I thought I heard Yeah, tantric. no, no. That's what I heard. <laughs> and I asked Paul, I was like, what the fuck does this man just say? And she was like, Tetris. And I was like, oh, I get that. Oh, uh, okay. That's why we yeah, watch the, the subtitles, everybody. <laughs> this is right when I turn the subtitles on, apparently. Uh, let's see. So 22, funny. 22 watches. As Joe, they, they go to the fin spot, draw the line. 22 watches as Joe tries to focus on where his body is located and sees New York. Here's a heartbeat monitor and smells hand sanitizer. And he realizes I'm in the hospital and there's a therapy cat on my lap. Uh, he gets very, very excited. And despite Moonwind being like, stop, we got to do this the right way. He ends up uh, dragging 22 with him and jumps into the hole. Only when he wakes up, he's not in his body. He's in the cat's body. Bum, bum, twisty. So and twisty. before we go on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a break to tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by HBO Max. If you're here, you probably love video games, but sometimes we have to face the cold, hard truth. We can't game all the time. Sometimes we got to kick back and watch some movies and some TV too. So it's a good thing HBO Max is here to save the day with all of your favorite DC content. HBO Max has an expansive superhero collection to feed your fandom. Greg Miller is stoked, of course. They've got Wonder Woman. They got Justice League, Stargirl, Batwoman, HBO, Shazam, Suicide Squad. The list goes on, of course. Plus, the streaming platform lets you download your favorite titles and take them with you on the go. All the bingeable collections handpicked by humans, not robots. Personally, I've been enjoying and a whole bunch of different things uh, over on HBO. I love all the day and date releases. We know we got The Matrix now coming out in December. That's really exciting to look forward to. We got Malignant. I'm about to watch that this weekend. Check out some of the best superhero content and so much more only on HBO Max. Get streaming today by going to hbom.ax slash kindoffunnydc. That's hbom.ax slash kindoffunnydc. Next up, shout out to Rooster Teeth's Last Laugh Season 2. I was a huge fan of Season 1, mainly because my boy Alfredo was in it. But Season 2, can't wait for it. Here's the whole pitch for it. Do not laugh. It's part game show, part social experiment, 100% evil laugh challenge, spectacular. Last Laugh returns for a second season with 12 contestants gathered for six hours to see who literally laughs last. If they laugh, smile, or smirk, they're eliminated and prevented from dethroning Season 1 champion the homie blaine gibson uh the host of the show jeff ramsey and elise Willems. so that's super awesome they have a new collection of surprises but will there be enough to break the contestants we'll have to find out uh last laugh season two debuts september 9th on rooster teeth but you can catch up on all of season one right now okay and at this point i'm like this is a really long walk to get joe and this cat that's that's the first thing i thought i was like we're in minute like 40 of this movie and joe's just in the cat's body 
man, Pixar is playing a little fast and loose with the traditional classic Coke storytelling beats of a screenplay. <laughs> I don't hate it. I'm excited to see Jamie Foxx as a big tubby cat, but we'll see what happens. Uh, let's I do just love the cat's like character, like how they animated and drew the cat. I think it's very funny. Just so, mm-hmm. so much expression. Well, I mean, the animation in this in general is like <laughs> top notch. But mm-hmm. I like I like this scene too because so of course they decide they have to go find Moonwind and Joe looks out of the ground and it's like what a three foot drop and he's like I can do this and then just lands on a smushy face hilarious <laughs> hey, Kevin uh, is that what cats really do sometimes they just eat mm-hmm. it they just yeah it. yeah you've yeah. never seen a cat do that in real life it's great I don't have a cat they tear them I do I was gonna say go I used ahead. to play fetch yeah. with with uh, Tom and uh, he would go run and just totally boof and just slide into a door slamming it full full speed it was great idiot cat um i do like how they are playing with the expectation right here as well because again i mentioned it earlier but i think that this is going to be all freaky friday and the whole point of the movie is just to get out of the body get back into your jazz form play the gig and movie over. And I'm like, ah, I'm not really feeling this. So I do like that. He essentially gets out of the, out of the body a little after the halfway point, I feel Mm -hmm. because the rest of it is about, okay, 22, like we need to, you have my purpose. You're like, you're trying to stay inside of my body and I need to get back into my body. And then finding out what the actual sort of thing was, it it, kind of reminds me at the end of onward where, you're waiting to see the dad the whole time. And really, the story is just about, no, let your older brother talk to the dad. You already sort of had that father figure in your life. And I I do like how we eventually get there where it's like, yeah, he played the gig, but that's this is never what it was really about. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, and I do think there's also a sense if um, like the the whole Freaky Friday stuff is also very much about uh, 22 learning like experiencing life and learning like developing a passion for it or understanding that like things you know they don't necessarily like all the things that he explained or that has been explained to her are way more complex when you live them and yeah yeah i just i i love that journey that 22 like meeting people and, and talking to them developing the relationship even that leaf falling on her hand like what a mm-hmm. beautiful scene that is Although drinking the Slurpee on the subway, though, like you gotta be careful. Like at this point, I'm like, she's gonna get tetanus after like poking a a, a barbed wire or something. Like something's (laughs) gonna go real wrong here. Uh, Of course, they uh, escape from the hospital, but 22 wants to get outside. Is quickly overwhelmed by the sights and sounds of the Big Apple, and she stops in the middle of the street. So Joe's like, "You can't just stop in the middle of the street. You're gonna get hit or whatever." And he goes to batter, but he scratches her, and she runs off, uh, and then ends up hiding in in a stoop somewhere uh when he catches up to her he finds her uh and she's very very hungry so joe introduces her to life's biggest pleasure new york style pizza mm. and she eats it and she just loves it and then goes strange i don't feel angry anymore <laughs> which i thought was a funny i've joke. been there a bunch of times <laughs> uh, we've all been there my friend uh they have a quick conversation that finally teaches me how to pronounce euro uh euro <laughs> and head over to the moon wind to find that uh, to find him spinning a sign and let me tell you guys right now if you think that <laughs> Him continuing to spin the sign and dance a little bit as he's talking to them <laughs> made me laugh out loud. <laughs> he would be 100% right. Uh, that, let's see. Uh, they go over 
And he's like, listen, we got to wait for one of, the, one of those thin spots. We'll get you back in there. The thin spot's not going to happen until 6.30. So I'll meet you at the half note at 6.30. Back up in the ethereal world, Terry continues to search for Joel's lost soul. Uh, back down on Earth, Joel jumps into a cab. But before he does, who should get out of that cab? Dorothea Williams. And she <sighs> sees him. She's like, this guy is in a dirty hospital gown, and I just hired him. He's fired. It's giving uh, me so much anxiety. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. It's just, I didn't expect for them to, to go this route. And as soon as it happens, it's like, oh my God, there's existential dread. Like also mm-hmm. when he actually gets the haircut. Oh the, yeah. The, the cat. Oh, it's yeah. just like, what do you like? Well, get your shit together. My guy yeah, you, is your chance. You put your, you, it's hard to not put yourself in those positions and, and wonder what would you do in that moment and how, as soon as Joe is put in the cat, I'm like, oh, I would have fucking found a way to kill myself because there's no way I'm going to live as a cat. Like, that just seems like the end of a Black Mirror episode that fucking sucks, you know? This <laughs> is why we have this. all those podcast topics about what, well, how would you convince somebody that if you got stuck in for clothes bot? That's true. Also, Andy, like, there was a probable solution. Like, go to the, the, the weird psychic guy, Moondance, or whatever his name is, and sort it out. You you go straight to being like, well, game over. Got to finish the job. And he just immediately <laughs> realizes it and is like, cool. Goes over the window. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. Th- you're not thinking this through, though, Andy. Think about how many banks you could rob and get away with. Who the hell is going to convict a cat? That's so true. You don't go to cat jail. Yeah. We put you in jail. I don't think, right I don't think any. But is it worth enjoying the money? I mean, you'd have you know? to figure out a way to uh, to get it all on your phone with one button that your paw can push. <laughs> <laughs> what would you just buy? Just like a shit ton of like catnip? Meow mix, yeah. A catnip, meow mix, mm. yeah. I, sure. You know what I would get? I would figure out a way to convince Kevin, like actual Kevin, that like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm a cat and I'm Andy. Can you find a way? First off, can I've robbed a bank, have billions in funds. Yeah. Can I take the extra bedroom? Uh, Joey, I might have to kick you out. I don't know what the situation is. But Kevin, could you build the cool kind of like oh, yeah. wall park for <laughs> yeah, me to just yeah. run around and do all the Island. cool stunts? Yeah, I love Andy, that stuff. All I need you to do is come to me as a cat. And this for anyone in the chat that's watching that's mm-hmm. put themselves in this predicament, stuck in a cat body, and they want me to help, come over to me as a cat and meow Iron Man to me. Then I'll mm. know it's you. Or an- wait now you want yeah that song or do you want the theme from Iron Man? Then I'll know, Andy. Then I'll know. Copy that. Uh, they head back to Joe's apartment, and uh, I. Love- <laughs> this is a great part where he hits the sunlight and immediately gets sleepy and lays down. He's just like, what I've been like, that cat so many sun. times. <laughs> uh, and then Curly calls him and tells him that Dorothea, sorry, bud, gave the gig to someone else. Uh, but Curly wants him to show up at the club looking like a million bucks, and he'll do everything he can to get that gig back. Uh, then Connie comes over for her lesson, and Joe's like, oh, crap, tell her we're not available. But she's like, you know what? I don't even want a lesson. I quit. Jazz is pointless. In fact, all of school is a waste of time. Uh, 22 is like, I totally understand, and I'm vibing with you right now. I think life is a waste of time. So she goes out to talk to her. Uh, and then tells Connie she's totally right for quitting. But, of course, Connie's not really looking to quit. She wants, she just wants a little bit of validation in her life from her teacher. Uh, she plays 22 a solo. She's been practicing at 22. It was like 
wowed by it and tells her she really loves it. And then so she goes, so maybe I better stick with it. And then 22 is like, yeah, I guess. That was amazing. First time experiencing music. Uh, Connie came here to quit, but she didn't. I need to know why is what she says. And, and then uh, Joe says, because she loves to play. Maybe trombone is her spark. And then 22 is like, I'm starting to get this whole life thing. She agrees to help Joe, but she wants to find a few things out along the way since not everything seems quite so terrible on Earth anymore. Uh, up. In the accounting department, Terry finally finds Joe's file and tells Jerry's uh, he's back on Earth, which is not good. She's going to go back down there and get him, and then Jerry's warn her she cannot be seen by anyone or it'll be a disaster. Uh, Joe tries to line up 22's hair and ends up putting uh, with a big old mess, just one look streak down it. So they have to head over to D's, who immediately realizes it's an emergency and kicks his person out of the chair. Uh, and this is a cool little scene here. I like this scene a lot. I agree. And I think this is kind of the point of the, this is the pivotal point of the movie for me, and I'm glad this scene came together. Uh, because 22 tells Joe about his, or Joe 22 tells them about his gig with Dorothea and Paul, one of the other patrons, uh, poo-poos it. He says, Joe's Mr. Close, but no cigar. And then 22 tells everyone about her life being a theoretical construct and a hypothetical way station between life and death. And soon the entire shop is riveted by her words. And another thing they say, you're born to do something, but how do you figure out what that thing is? What if you pick the wrong thing? Then you're stuck. Uh, but then Dee's tells 22 the reality of life. He says, you know, I wanted to be a veterinarian back in the day, but my daughter got sick. And then I, I went to barber school because it was cheaper for me in a better way that I could provide for her in a more immediate fashion. And then 22 tells him, oh, it must suck to be unhappy. And he's like, no, I'm not unhappy. I'm happy as a clam. And then Paul criticizes him again. And 22 gets it. She's like, oh, he's just criticizing me to cover up the pain of his own failed dreams. And <laughs> Paul just is it's like, hard. this is the worst day of my life. <laughs> do you guys it know can't. who Paul is? I do. No. Uh, Joey does. To be Diggs. There it is. Oh. Yeah. Uh, on the way out, uh, Dees tells them it's nice to finally talk about something else other than jazz. And he goes, how come we don't? We? And then, of course, 22 asks, how come we only ever talk about jazz? He goes, that's all you ever want to talk about. You never ask about my life. And you're like, oh, Joe is kind of a one track. Great. Here. So um, good. Let's see. Terry sneaks around and finally spots Joe. She traps Joe in a void, but it's actually Paul who is terrified. And then she says, don't stop eating uh, these processed foods. And Paul's just like, this day, man, this cannot get any worse. And so probably is traumatized forever. I do want to point out about how really cool and creative it is seeing Terry maneuver through the world and go from like it, it's always taking the shape of something. And if the bricks are, you know, pattern in a certain way. That's how they're going to zip through the little. It just looks really awesome. Looks I love the so way the cool. artist did all that. Yeah. That was cool too. But, uh, but I do wonder how does this void back to wherever they're going? How does that look to humanize? I doubt that. Does it look it. like anything? No, I, no? I don't think. I think maybe the body just collapses and it's a mental thing. You Got know? it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like. Because I mean, if stuff. we think about it later, um, Joe gets in the void well and i guess 22 yeah 22 yeah. and cat they go in there and they just collapsed on the ground got it okay uh because uh, uh, well, it just looked like a big wall to the galaxy <laughs> like it just looked so funny looking <laughs> i think it's cool that's uh, like they kind of go outliney first which is cool uh yeah. joe asked 22 how she knew how to talk to the people in the barbershop she says i was just being myself i was just jazzing and he's like oh that's not what jazz means and then 22 uh is getting a, sort of a thirst for life at this point and 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 splits her pants and he's like, damn it, this is my one and only suit. I have to show up looking good. And the only person who can fix this is my mom. So we got to head over there. And then it's so me, hard not to smile here. It's so hard to not see 22 
getting on that little like exhaust grate or whatever on the street. I love the yeah. mirror thing that she does with like the story Yeah. <laughs> but I I just love like seeing her laying there and then just kind of like having fun and then you kind of see in Joe the cat being like, "Oh shit. Yeah, you're having you're having fun there. Yeah, go for it. Keep doing that shit or whatever." And eventually the plant spit the pants split and that's what causes the next sort of uh that's where we have to go see mama or whatever. I love the, the sequence. The the plants the pants splitting was too real for me. You know what I mean? Like it really took me out of that moment because it was such a good setup. And then they split and it reminds me of my short split one time. And it was like, damn it, I kept those shorts for too long. But that's what happens when you only have one pair of something. You know, Nick, when we when we do rank these movies, I think a lot of them hit us very personally in certain ways. And now we know why Kevin loves his movies. He relates to this so hard. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Joe tells 22 they have to make up some sort of story because mom, uh, mom thinks you're, she's like, he's like, mom's not going to get it. And she's like, oh, mom, mom thinks you're a failure. And he's like, damn, that was harsh. And then 22, they take the subway. Um, oh, excuse me. 22 is taken by a subway musician while Joe contemplates his failures. Then they get on the subway train and it's horrible. But I think one of the patrons here is voiced by John Ratzenberger. If I'm not. Oh, I'm not really? I didn't catch it. Damn it. I think the guy that was like, hey, watch your step or whatever. I think that the was Ratzenberger watch. I didn't notice it. Exactly. Mm. You better watch it. Yeah, I look at the IMDB. Ass. You're right, Nick. Bam. On the subway. Uh, we also get the we also get that 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 fun comedic beat here where he's like, "Where did you get that Slurpee?" She's like, "Oh, underneath the seat. It was only I half. It's already yep. half full." No good. Then they go over to Mom's tailor shop and, and immediately, I love this by the way. He's like, "Don't tell my mom what's going on. She can't know." And when they walk in, he just kind of hears something and he's like, "She knows." She knows. <laughs> well, her friends congratulate him. Oh right, right, right. He's yeah, like, and that's it's right. just that's like, God damn it! All right. Yeah. Um. Let's see, mommy and mom kisses you know, the friend in the mouth. Just makes and out she's like, let him finish. <laughs> uh, and mom is not does not hold back about this gig. Uh, Twenty two, of course, accidentally repeats what Joe is saying to his mom uh, that she never understood his life, and they get into it. He says, "I finally land the gig of my life, and you're upset." Dad can pursue his dreams, and I can't. And then she kind of throws it back at him. She's like, listen, your father had me and this shop, which paid for most of his life. Uh, and you don't have either of those things. So what's going to happen when I'm gone? Who's going to pay for all these things? You don't have health care on these things. Of course, she's just worried for him. And he goes, listen, I'm afraid that if I die today, then my life would have amounted to nothing. <laughs> and then his mom finally gets it. And she's like, well, then you're going to have to like, put this on. Maybe we should have universal health care so he doesn't have to worry about that, you know? Me dope, Joey. I mean, it's a good yeah. call. It's Nick. Don't it's, argue with this. No, no, I agree. That <laughs> right. I think, but I just think this is where it starts getting like I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Obviously, the, the Joe character is very very well, flawed. I but mean, at the same time, I'm like you can't. I'm like your dream is to be a gigging musician at the same nightclub. And I granted, yeah. I mean, I guess the club goes until maybe I, one or two or three o'clock in the morning. But can't you just go to school the next day and like? I don't think that that's his dream. Both? I think his dream is to be on the road. Or yeah, yeah. being like, and I think. Again, I I get the read that he gets that dream at the end of it. I don't think he stays because he wins his mom over. This whole conversation is him, what felt like him standing up to his mom for the first time um, and just being mm -hmm. like, no, I should be allowed to have my dreams too. And, you know, hell with the consequences. And I thought this was a powerful conversation. Yeah, but then the mom kind of like is like, cool, I get it now and I'm on your side. And you're like. I don't know. It just there's a, there's a weird nebulousness of this conversation that didn't that didn't really sit right with me. Because again, as a dumb audience member, I'm like, all right, so she's she's all for him now, going for this this thing. So and she's the one that's basically been the voice of opposition, i.e., kind of 
trying and getting across the theme, right? Which is that you should have a balanced life. You should have healthcare and be able to do this other thing. I don't know. It just, it was, it was a weird moment where she just kind of turns on a dime for him and is like, cool, we're all in on you. And then gives him the dad suit, which is really, really cool. But then they go to his show later. Uh, and then they're like, you did a great job. And I'm like, okay, well, is, is your mom like just totally on your side now? She's not worried about those other things. They're still an issue, right? <laughs> or she's like still worried about you taking care of yourself but when I, she dies. I, I, I got the sense that like this whole conversation is him being like, Hey, I'm aware of that. I just, in spite of that, like I, th that line that he says where he's like, if I like can't afford eating because I want to do this, then I'll stop eating. Yeah. And like, I, I feel like he's like, Hey, I'm going to take this on no matter what cost it has. And yeah. she understands and like grows to respect him. And it's just like, all right, like I'm but down now. The issue now to I have you. with that is, and sorry, sorry to cut you off. Continue. No, that's it. That's, I was okay. there. The issue I have with that is Joe's not 16. Joe's not 20. Joe's like, right. He's, he's got adult. gray hair, right? He's yeah, probably I mean, in his late thirties, early forties. Um, so at this, they would have come to this conclusion a long time ago, right? Like, this is not news to his mother. Well, I, so the fact I that she just so. immediately is like, oh, I finally understand what you're talking about. I, like, yeah, I, I mean, I knew, I, I knew it and I've been with Joe for well, but 30 minutes thing. or 40 minutes. We, we just saw how Joe handles talking to his mom about this sort of stuff. Like he was, ready to be like, hey, we can't tell her anything. We have to hide everything. We're going to have to lie about what's going on with pants. And, like, it was in that moment that he decides, like, I need to be honest about my pursuits and what yeah, I want from the world. A, and I totally get that, but my, my two criticisms of it are, duh, we know, Joe. Like, your mom's not, a, not an idiot. She understands what you're willing to sacrifice for this. She's telling you that you're wrong. Like, you're doing it the wrong way, and you've you're going to wind up like, you know, get, you're going to get sick and you're not going to have any health care. It's going to the, the life is headed in a bad spot for you. So the fact that he's like, I'm going to stand up to my mom right now is not necessarily it doesn't make it go away that she's still going to be concerned for him for the rest of their life. So I don't think there's a necessarily it's not the resolution that I was looking for yeah. between these two characters. I don't, I don't think it has to. I don't think that has to be the, the end all be all right there in that moment. I think we just need to, as the audience, see another moment of. 22 acting a certain way with other people we already got the moment at the barber shop and the barber being like oh nobody's you've never asked me about my life before like this is interesting or whatever like thank you for doing that and i think this is just pixar showing one more time of you know this isn't joe saying these things this is somebody who understands what it is and, and is starting to learn what it is to how what what mean what it means to live you know what i mean and I think that we just need that. I don't think it's the most satisfactory way to do it. Like, I, I see where you're coming from, Nick. Uh, but I think it's just to show the audience another little scene of. Oh, I understand you know, why. I understand yeah. why the, the scene's in there. It's just it just re it just read to me a little bit weird because the whole time his mom's been like harping on him. And she's like, you know what? Cool. And I'm gonna give you your father's suit. And then she just finished talking about how how difficult her life was with this man because he followed his dreams and couldn't provide and had to rely on her to do that. And it's not necessarily a negative story, right? She doesn't paint that. She's not like harping on the dad. It was just, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting negative on this. I, I don't mean to but be, it was yeah, just, I mean, this I is one just, of those things that I'm like, this should be a pivotal scene. And it didn't hit for me, unfortunately. I, I, uh, I also didn't get the sense that the dad made it as big as uh, Joe is getting right here. Like, I don't, I don't know that he ever had this big of an opportunity because it seemed like the, uh, I keep forgetting this woman's name, Dorothea. 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 Dorothea character, like, was a huge deal, right? 
in the jazz world, yeah. I mean, apparently yeah. she's like she's yeah. This being a part of this quartet is what Joe sees as starting him on the career to the big time. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I think we've waxed on this was enough. She gives him his dad's suit and it is a dope suit and he looks really, really good in it. Except I will say this. I don't think the hat goes with that suit, unfortunately. Because it has <laughs> like a tinge of like gray and brown. And I'm like, I think you need to do Everything else is blue and black, yeah. 100%. A little bit weird to me. 100%. Uh, but they head to the half note and 22 tells Joe that he's like, you know, you should think about calling Lisa once again. And Joe's like, listen, I, you know, I got to focus on this. And this is another one of those hints that Joe could have a little bit more balance in his life and probably be a little bit more better off. Um. 22 watches all the people in New York and living their lives. And she sees the leaves falling from the tree and catches one in her hand. And she's like, Oh no, I think I want to live. Uh, she's like, I've always said it was dumb, but the truth is I've always worried there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm not good enough for living, but then you showed me about purpose and passion. And then Moonwind comes up and he's like, it's time to reunite. And she's like, Oh, you know what? I, I don't, I want to stay here for a few more minutes and maybe potentially find my spark. And Joe's like, no, we got to go do this thing right now. You got to go back. And she's like, well, I'm the one with the legs and then bolts. Uh, Terry tricks them into falling through the ethereal and oh, right. Terry, Terry catches up with them, twitches them to falling, excuse me, tricks them into falling through the ethereal and their souls split once again. Oh, from their this body. is one of the ones that I think is the coolest, Andy, where he's in the like the MoMA art exhibit, yeah, yeah. sign yeah. or something with the line work the and Lichtenstein the... or whatever it was. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, he becomes <laughs> the lines. I love the way he like actually like m- makes the square and like shoots it out. And then when mm-hmm. he starts pulling away, he shoots it out again further. It's so cool. What a great animation that was. Uh, Joe and 22 are dropped back into the U seminar and immediately begin arguing. Joe, of course, is mad that 22 didn't help him. And 22 is mad that Joe wouldn't give her just a few more minutes to try and find her spark for life. The argument, of course, is interrupted when Jerry's noticed that 22's finally, her card has finally been filled. Uh, and Joe tells her the reason, like, she's like, how did that happen? He's like, well, the reason that happens is because you were my body and it was all me. So, you know, get out. Uh, she throws the card back in his face and runs off. And now, of course, she can throw it because it's full and it's like an earth pass. Uh, Joe wants to know what 20, he asks one of the Jerry's what 22's purpose was. And Jerry's like, dude, you got it all. Nobody said anything about purpose. The spark is, is not purpose. The spark's just a spark. Like you guys are always worried about purpose in life. And he's like, huh? Could you explain that more? And the guys, and Jerry's like, no. <laughs> and then walks away. <laughs> Because uh, I'd be right here, I'd be like, wait, 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 I got this whole thing wrong. Let's we got all the time in the world here. Let's sit and talk about this for a, a solid hour. Yeah, so who knows how? Like, is. it could be like milliseconds could be passing by on Earth. Up here, I feel like this is the inf- the infinity like kind of zone or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like we Miller's got plenty planet. of time up here. What's the opposite? Just like of Miller's, Miller's planet. planet. Yeah. Uh, then of course Joe starts to question what his spark is, and he's like, "I think it, it's got to be music, right? I'm not quite sure." Uh, he takes the card and jumps off to the Earth portal. Uh, while 22 wonders about her true purpose as well. Uh, Joe runs back to half note, but he's too late. Carly, uh, uh, Curly tells him that uh, Dorothy has already hired another guy, and he's like, you know what? Don't even worry about it. He barges straight into Dorothy in her dressing room and says, if you don't go with me, you'll make the biggest mistake of your career. My only purpose on this planet is to play. It's what I was meant to do, and nothing is going to stop me. So Dorothea, of course, impressed by his his bravado, says, gives him one more shot. She says, get ready, Joe Gardner. Your life is about to start and they hit the stage, and we get an awesome montage the whole night. And this is where I was thinking, okay, here's where it's going to be, right? Here's where he's going to start. But I forgot who mentioned it. But he's going to start playing piano, and he's gonna be like, oh, no, I'm all cat paws. I don't know what to do here. <laughs> but, no, he crushes it. Uh, and his mom and all of her friends are there, and they're very, very supportive. And it seems like everything goes really, really well. Uh, and then at the end of it all, the crowd goes wild, and Dorothea says, welcome to the quartet, teach. And it's cool. 
So uh, at the end of the night, Joe puts his mom and all the all of her friends in the cab, and she's super proud of him. And Dorothea tells him that the show was killer, and he asks, well, what's next? And she goes, what do you mean what's next? We come back tomorrow night and do it again. But something, of course, is off. And he says, I've been waiting on this day my entire life. I thought I'd feel different. And Dorothea tells him a story about a fish looking for the ocean. She says... He says, young fish goes to an older fish and says, where's the ocean? And the older fish says, that's what you're in right now. And the, the younger fish says, this, this is water. What I want is the ocean. And then Joe's like, what? <laughs> 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 I'm not quite sure. I, I'm grasping I, what you're talking about. I do about. think that there's a disconnect in this conversation. Because I, I associated his feeling of something lacking was with what I said earlier, where he's taken away from 22. And I do kind of feel like Nick, she thought the conversation was going in the the sense of like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. I mean, the the meaning I derived from this was that your life is not like, if you spend your life looking for this great grand thing, you're going to miss the reality of your life, which is that, it's, it just is a, a, all these little moments stacked up together, right? I mean, I, I'm not – this is one of those moments where I'm like, I wish – like, I'm confused by what we're supposed to learn from the message of this mm-hmm. film. And I know because I've obviously written the synopsis for it and you guys already have a good perspective on it that really the message is like you have to have balance in life, right? You have to live your life. And to Andy's point earlier, the grind culture and just kind of being so totally focused on one thing that everything else in your life suffers is not the right way. And it's going to end up ultimately leading you to be either unhappy or full of anxiety or obsessed to the point where you're just like, you're no longer really living at all. And I, and, and that's kind of what I got from this, but I, but I mean, that's kind of what I'm assuming I'm supposed to get from this. I just don't think it was as clear cut and impactful as I wanted it to be at this moment. I, I mean, I think the scene is important and I think the following scene is even more important to drive that point home because it shows him as downtrodden and as bummed out on that subway on that ride home to kind of mirror that earlier scene what happened when he talks about, yeah, the subway fucking sucks. It's just people. It's it's the monotony of living. It's the nine to five. It It's not you know this thing isn't cool don't think this thing is cool and then after he has that conversation with dorothy uh dorothea yeah dorothea Dorothea. um i just loved having that sort of that mirrored visual of i'm back in this subway on the way home and i don't feel like i thought that was i thought my purpose was to be a musician and i didn't quite get what i wanted out of it um i just i don't know i just I just relate to that. I just felt like it was a really cool scene. And and I think having that subway sequence afterwards just sort of further drove that point home of like, what you want to be isn't who you are, isn't who you sh- should become. I, it's it's hard for me to put this into words. It's so it's, fucking good. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it is because, it, but it also goes against sort of like, I guess my reaction to it is it goes against sort of the, the the general concept of what most films have had messaging wise up until this point, which is like follow your dreams, right? And this one has a message of sort of like follow your dreams, but but also like don't forget to live your life. And yeah. I'm not sure that Joe would have gotten to this point where he gets this opportunity if he hadn't made all the choices yes. that he'd made up until this point. So this is why it gets muddled for me, yeah. right? Because I'm like, I totally agree with what Andy just said. And as a person who obviously we work our asses off, like this hits ho- close to home for me because I have a hard time shutting it off and I have a hard time with work-life balance. I do, right? Like 
you guys know the job that we do here can be 24 seven. It really can. So at, at a certain point you have to, you have to force yourself to walk out into the world and see all that stuff. So I a hundred percent agree with that message, but also like Joe finally gets a little bit of his dream and his passion. And we're told that's kind of wrong in this. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm yeah, just kind of I'm, I'm confused I, by the message. I feel like for me, he was confused about why he felt bad until he like pulls all the shit out of his pockets, starts playing yeah. and realizes like he compartmentalizes everything in front of his face yeah. right yeah. And, and like and then he's like oh shit i i took away her chance at life her chance of like achieving stuff mm-hmm. and then he goes i think he fully goes back thinking he's gonna die like when he goes back into the ethereal world well definitely like, because he wants to yeah. give her the card back right that's the right whole point so like that's like i think that. that's that's what was making him feel bad it wasn't necessarily and darthea didn't have the context of the movie to be like, oh, you've stolen this girl's this this life. No, I mean, you know Dorothea's what I mean. Point. Dorothea's point was this thing that was supposed to be very very important to you. Sometimes it's just not, it's not that important. Like you're you've built this thing up in your brain to Don't be lose the, the ocean. forest or the trees. In reality, yeah. Guess what, dude? We're just in water every <laughs> night. Like this is this is life, which is kind of a depressing thing to say to someone who just achieved their goal, right? Yeah, but again, I I don't think she, she doesn't know about the souls actually, and shit. Right, that's what I'm saying. I like he was upset about something that he hadn't figured out exactly what he was upset about. Yeah, he talks to her. She has no context of it, so she gives him advice well, she with does, whatever she, she does, thinks. She yeah, no but context. she does have context because he says, "I spent my entire life dreaming about this one moment." And yeah, you right. Basically, tells him like, "Hey, buddy, guess what." It sucks. Yeah, Life but, sucks. like I yeah, Life I don't know. Shit. I, I I'm, just, <laughs> I'm convinced that it's. It's that he's guilty about this thing. And the I, I'd, like that- to think, I'd like to think had none of the events happened of him falling down the sewer and dying and going through everything that he likely may have felt a bit happier if he had never met 22 or anything like that. And he, he finally achieves this goal and he does a thing and he's like, cool, great. Let me keep going with what I'm doing right now. But I think he has a bit more perspective now. And it's like, Huh, it's a recontextualization. Yeah, I, I, I thought I I thought this was what I wanted, and I thought I was searching for something, but really I've had it this whole time. I think you're absolutely correct, and that's not what I'm arguing. What I'm arguing is that Dorothea doesn't know any of this, and she's the person telling the audience what the theme of the movie is. And the theme is, if you're out there looking for an ocean, you're just in water. So that that to me is the one line where I'm like, that is a really weird thing to have the character who is like the soothsayer sort of say yeah. to the other character of like, here's the lesson you're supposed to be learning from this is that if you're out there looking for a great big ocean, you're just in water, bro. I, I, and I think I that's why this, this isn't a kids muddles. movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not a kids movie yeah. for sure. I, but, I agree that this that definitely muddles the message or at least the message that I got out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. it's very weird. It was yeah. it's one of those things where like. I don't know. I, I, w- I wish that had been phrased differently, but we. Yeah. It, it, she could have just like w- swiped the line from Ferris Bueller and it would have been more poignant, I think. I think that's <laughs> probably what I would have wanted her to say, right? I would have wanted her to be like, Joe, the reason why you're not enjoying this moment so hard is because you've shoved everything aside and you have no one to celebrate it with or something like that, right? Yeah. Like you need to, like, you, in order to have these moments, you have to have other things in your life to really help put that in perspective, which I, I- which I, wish that was the message but to me when i read that quote over and over again and i mean again correct me if i'm wrong but it just seems like a really fucked up thing to say to someone who just got the gig of their life i digress Uh, no yeah you're totally right about that but i do wish she had just turned into a jerry looked at him and been like yeah i guess it wasn't worth taking that's what i thought was gonna happen too you know that's what i thought like (laughs) 
you yeah. know, so again, Joe's story and in, in, in his in his journey with Twenty Two, I think, is very well crafted. And we'll get to that. Let's let's move on to that uh, because I like how this and, uh, movie ends. Except, he, well, kind of. Uh, he comes home to an empty house. Where he rides the subway home, sees everyone, you know, and then takes a hard look around him at everyone and himself. Uh, comes home to an empty house and sits at his piano, setting all of Twenty Two's knickknacks that she's collected along the road uh, on the end table be- beside him. And then he thinks back to his adventures with her, with the lost soul, and lines up all the items on the piano uh, right in front of him where you put the music uh, that she's collected on uh, on, on the way, uh. including the pizza crust, uh, a half-eaten bagel, a lollipop from the barbershop, which you have to imagine was sticky at this point. I, oh, I, the so lollipop great. grossed me out so much. Because <laughs> so he like, touches it, too. Where it's like, come on, it's, your hand's going to be sticky. Dude, come on. I mean, it was him, and he was like licking it, so it's his spit, but it kind of feels like <laughs> No, but the, like, anyway. the pocket lint and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Be, it's wool. They made that very clear. Oh, and inside the pocket, Kevin, you put your hand in the pocket. You're like, so sticky. Never getting that sticky out of there. I have to burn no. this suit now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Connie's trombone solo as he starts looking through all these things. He remembers the moments of the barber shop, and then the thread his mom used to tailor the suit to his body. And then, of course, Connie's trombone solo and his father and mother, and then the first uh, his first day teaching and all of his life experiences, including the the first time he remembered seeing jazz with his dad. And then he remembers the conversation he had with 22, where she says, maybe uh, sky watching could be my purpose or walking. And then he says, those really aren't purposes, 22. That's just regular old living. And he starts realizing, holy crap, I've been wrong about my life, about how I've been going about living my life this entire time. I should have been enjoying every moment of it. Uh, so he starts playing the piano, and then he soon enters the zone and finds Moonwind immediately, who spots him. And together, he's like, I need to find 22. He's like, oh, she's become a lost soul. So they go and find her, and they try to uh, tether her. Uh, but they can't, and she ends up dragging Moon down with the, the thing. And we get a great comic beat where he goes down with the ship. He goes, Captain has to go down with the ship. Boom. And then it cuts to the corner. He's like, ah, it <laughs> just like drops the sign because <laughs> he can't keep doing it. Uh, of course, 22 uh, can become a lost soul now because she has lived a little bit, which I think is a cool little detail they threw in there. Uh, Joe tries to give her a card back, but she bolts. He chases after her uh, back into the U seminar where the Jerry's try to calm her. And Joe tells her he was wrong. He says, you are ready to live, 22. But then she engulfs him. And we finally see, and we start to hear uh, the hurricane of her self-doubt. Uh, and you he also says, get the really great part where the one of the Jerry's is giving the other one an award. It was like, here's the award that you asked for. Yeah. <laughs> Which I also really liked. Jerry giving Terry the award. And then <laughs> oh, as, there soon we go. As, as soon as uh, 22 comes in, he takes it back. He's like, well, I'll have that back. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, we hear all of her self-doubt and all the quotes that have been said to her. We j- just need to fill out that last box. You will never find your spark. You only got that badge because you were in my body. You have no purpose. He sees himself telling her that uh, she has no purpose and he can't break through to her. So instead, he takes her hand and places that flower petal that he found uh, in it or she found in it. And they're transported back to that moment by the stoop. And he tells her, you are ready to come live. Uh, she says, I'm scared. I'm not good enough. I never got my spark. And he says, your spark isn't your purpose. The last box fills in when you're ready to live. And the thing is, you're pretty great at jazzing, which I liked. And then 22 soul, uh, all that sort of melts away. And then she just comes back to where she is. And Joe gives her her card back. And she says, but Joe, this means you won't be able to live. And he says, it's okay. I already did. Now it's your time. All and the again, visuals, by the way, in all of this are fucking fantastic. When we are dealing with 22 as the lost soul and seeing the way it looks inside sad, of yeah. and all the sort of movement around it and then the that sort of black sand uh taking the form of like abraham lincoln and all that shit was just so artistically well done <laughs> and so cool conceptually as well the part where she's like are you sure you're okay being on the penny he's like of course it's an honor to be on the penny she's like well jackson's on 20 he's like what <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very good <laughs> 
and Joe tells her 20 uh, let's see it's okay he says it's okay now it's your turn so Joe tells 22 he'll go with her uh, even though she's like well you can't go all the way he goes well I'll go as far as I can uh, and they hold hands and take the jump together toward earth as 22's card pulls her toward uh, the the mortal realm and he lets go of her hand and smiles uh, Pixar it's just so good at what they do when he says I, I'll go as far as I, I can yeah it's just it like there couldn't be a better line for that moment Ah, beautiful. Uh, Joe finds himself back on the road to heaven, but Jerry tells them, he's like, listen, man, it's not too often that someone comes here and inspires us, and you worked with 22 and really found her reason for living, so we're going to give you another shot. And he's like, well, what about Terry? He's like, don't worry about Terry. We got her. We got a plan for that. And the plan is just to distract Terry and put one of the other little (laughs) things over there. And I thought that was really, really funny. I was like, hey, simple solution for a complex problem. And then Jerry says, how are you going to spend your life? And back on Earth, we see Joe step out of his front door and take a big, deep breath. And he says, I don't know, but I do know I'm going to live every minute of it. And that is soul. Amazing. So, Wait, what's so, like the final shot? I'm trying to think what the final shot of the movie is. It's him walking out of his stoop, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going, That's right. That's right. Mm, just kind of breathing, breathing in, in that air. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I had a good cry. I had a real good cry. And I just sat there like... Damn, I got to review a show in 15 minutes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Seven syllables in the middle. You'll need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review. Ladies and gentlemen, you can go over to patreon.com slash kind of funny and back us on the haiku tier which Joey is, which tier I can't remember. It's one of the tiers. Uh, of course, you get to write into the show, ask us questions, be a part of the post show, things like that. I, I wish, I hope there's a haiku tier. If not, Joey, pitch that to Tim for it's January. A general like participation <laughs> tier. Perfect. Uh, let's see. Andrew Feisner writes in. It says, purpose and meaning, the things we are all needing, we are all feeling. For if we don't know, we are lost, nowhere to go, swept up in the flow. There's more than a spark to fill the void in our heart. It's waiting for you. Life is worth living even without your thing. There's something to bring. And you have a purpose, and it's waiting for you. Now, end long haiku. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's a great way to Very end. Good. Uh, let's see. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Uh, this is Soul Haiku in Review. Uh, this is from Joe Merton. It says, abstract yet moving, thanks to Trent and Atticus, this, this film went places. Music is really good. No, that's right. Okay, perfect. I uh, had great. no idea, by the way, like, I don't know anything about Nine Inch Nails other than their name and their existence. Mm-hmm. So I was very surprised. What my impression of Nine Inch Nails was, was not the music we got out of this. <laughs> I was, like, really impressed. Joy, have you never seen Social Network? I have, but I've seen it, like, twice, okay. ten years ago. Have you ever seen Seven? No. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen Seven. What, did they do the soundtrack for Seven? They did the soundtrack for I think it oh was no, like I the, have seen seven. What's in the, the box? Be- it's either seven or maybe the girl with a tra- dragon tattoo. One of them starts the nine inch nails song. And Andy, I was trying to draw a, a funny reference between an obviously like animated kids movie with a lot of heart that has oh. a lot there for adults with a fucked up psycho killer movie. I thought like seven. You were gonna go with the strip tea scene at the end of Magic Mike Two because they play. I wanna time. fuck you like oh an God. animal. <laughs> they play that song. <laughs> Is that Nine yeah. Inch Nails? That's Nine yeah. Inch Nails. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Then I was kind of on the thing. On the uh, right. Grant yeah. Burton writes in for this Soul Haiku. It says, Soul is quite a lark. It has the Pixar hallmark. What is your life spark? 
Wow, that's yeah, really right. good. That was good. That's uh, Andy, a good one. Hit me with some of that ragu bagu. Do 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 ragu. Do 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 do. Make a bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rag Guys Talk. Bad guys here for Pixar. Boy, we got a long, long old list. I don't know. This is another one of those where it's like, is there an antagonist? I guess Terry would be the antagonist. Yeah, and maybe Terry is um, doing her job. Your though. dreams like, are the yeah, maybe. Like, Joe's kind of his own worst enemy in this, right? For like putting everything aside and like not. I get. I mean, I guess. Again, I you guys are gonna have to vote. I'm confused at what the overall message of this movie. Manhole covers. Manhole covers. Manhole covers. (laughs) Uncovered. We're gonna put a lot of people die that way, Andy. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, it's not like. But like how far are they falling down though? It could be like twenty feet, especially in like New York. Yeah, because then they have you know the two doors that open like that. Oh, I'm always. I'm always fall. just thinking it is Ninja Turtles, and you're falling. It's like a seven foot fall. No, I yep. think minimum you you're might, talking about ten feet. You, you might, might tear break a tendon a in your leg. Yeah, you got to think about the rats, Andy. Once you get down there, you break a leg. You can't call right. The rats are the size oh. of cats. They kill you and eat you. That's true. Also, all the pink slime, the pink goo. Oh, a lot of pink Ghostbusters goo. too. Ghostbusters too, and Ghostbusters 2016. Other goo. Um, <laughs> it's it time got to rank it. Let's see. It got you didn't even in every crack. Did we rank the bad guy? I put him at number nine. I put manhole covers at twenty four. Number twenty four. Perfect. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that's right. I think. It, all right, whatever. I think it definitely ranks higher than the the bottom two, which are not accept, not applicable. Now this one has an asterisk too, because I feel like this is again this is one of those movies that's really really hard to like break down because it's very very complex. And at the end of the day, like I think Joe, this I could argue that Joe is his worst enemy. I would I would argue that right. Yeah, Joe I, is the I, problem. I, here. I think Joe and the pursuit of the dream gets in the way of actually being happy. But I still think that he accomplishes life. his dream by the end of this, and like that's not necessarily the end all be all thing. Where Terry is literally killing him, literally. Get, gets his soul and pulls well, it out look, of the body. Terry's doing his job. Like, I mean, Terry's just an accountant, man. Joe's the one who fell through a fucking manhole cover, you know? That's Super what I'm saying. Bastard, At the yeah. end of the day, it's either Joe <laughs> and his manhole, lack of looking yeah. down when he walks or manhole covers. Done. 24. All right, can let's we, rank this bad boy. Can we judge for a second before I move on some of the stuff that Tim has on this ragu bagu list now that I have it in front of me? <laughs> the Baraktua Dinpo Suar, like there's the spelling on this. Oh, really, Joey? Joey, that's 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 for Tim's eyes. All right, just be blessed <laughs> that you get to see these lists. Uh, Tim is, in, is his brain is a living nightmare. I don't understand it. Uh, I'll read Tim's actually because he put his ranking there uh, as we rank this. But let's get into the rankings right now. Right now on the list, audio listeners, you've got number one, Coco. Number two, Up. Number three, Monsters Inc. Number four, Finding Nemo. Number five, Incredibles two. Number six, Incredibles. Number seven, Wall E. Number eight. Toy Story 3. Number 9, Inside Out. Number 10, Toy Story 2. Number 11, Toy Story 4. Number 12, Toy Story. Number 13, Luca. 14, Ratatouille. Uh, Number 15, Onward. 16 is Finding Dory. 17 is Monsters University. 18 is Cars. 19 is Bugs Life. 20 is Cars 3. 21 is Good Dinosaur. 22, Brave and Rounding Out. The list is Cars 2. Nick, will you ever say Ratatouille? I said I tried to say it as best as possible, <laughs> but I got to the second T and I was like, I can't let Kevin win. So I put a tat on it. I put a rat. I don't know why. I don't know why. I like the way you say it, Nick. Ratatouille. I say you know that what? way I'm, too. I, Kevin, I'd like to issue an apology for you. Thank Andy, you. It's called Ratatouille. Ratatouille. Uh, um, where do we want to rank this movie? Who wants to start the bidding? 
I'll start off. I I'm having some trouble between either eight or nine on this. Uh. I don't know whether this is above Toy Story three for me or below it. Uh. Um, I I'm gonna go with above Toy Story three. I think that this movie achieves so much in the fact that it is not doing a whole lot of silly comedy. Um, the fact that these there aren't two characters that are. Their sole, por- their sole purpose is to be hilarious with each other while trying to overcome something. Like the I, the fact that this movie is kind of dark and really makes you think how you've lived your life, and it is still up there for me as a Pixar movie. Uh, I think it's pretty wild. Um, so I will put this at number eight. Uh, oh no, go ahead, Kev. I was just like I, I'm a little bit. I thought you'd put a little bit higher. Um, well, I would, but I can't put it over Wally. I'm at that point where I'm like, no, I don't you have to like, you have to let go of that. You have to let go. Of no, that. like that's I can't. The you have to. I can't. I'll be with, with you. Andy. We'll do it together. How is Finding Nemo four? Jesus, uh, that's the thing. Christ, I, I, I would put this above Finding Nemo and Monsters Inc. Like it's it's a to me it it could be interchanged with Monsters Inc. No problem. But I'm for now I'm going to say number four. I know that's going to be the highest, and that you all suck and I hate you all. Mm. <laughs> Joey. Um. I feel like I've said between Nick and I that, I that I'm way close to Nick on this. I don't love this movie. I think that it gets real murky in what the actual message is. <clears throat> um, I would probably put this in number 20. Above Cars 3? Yeah, under Bugs Life. Mm. I would probably put it a touch higher than that. Just because I do think that it's it's dealing with a lot of complex stuff. But... No, yeah, I put it. A, you put it above a bug's life, sorry, or below a bug's life. Below a bug's life. I put it above a bug's life. Oh, you! This is underneath Finding Dory. What the fuck is wrong with this place? Holy shit! <laughs> Holy god! Tim, yeah. save us! Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I, I guess it's the wild card. Yeah. Tim's this is probably the wild card right it. now. Tim says I would put Soul at number twelve, above Luca Ooh. and below Toy Story. Honestly, this is mostly because. Uh, I think the Toy Stories are way too low. On. All right, Sam, come on. We understand things got to get moved around the list, but it's, this is the way the cookie crumbles. Shouldn't be talking about Toy Stories. I've got some strong stances on my way vote. Way too being low on the list. It. We all have strong ones. Tim, I mean, Kevin, I'm right with you. Tim, don't open up a, open up a can of worms unless you want to make warm soup. Um, this is too low on the list, and while I think this is better than most movies above the trilogy plus one on the rankings, I do think its whole, its whole is greater than all of its individual parts, and some of those parts don't hit quite right i don't love 22 i don't dislike her at all i want to make sure i read that right but i do think it's better <laughs> is better than most of the movies about the list on our rankings i do think it's whole okay so he does think the whole is greater than the sum of its parts um i don't love 22 i don't dislike her at all really but for how main a character she is i wish i loved her throughout the whole movie as much as i did by the end at the end of the day though this movie is truly special because it feels like a new pixar format which we haven't seen before and the design language and different worlds is 10 out of 10 unrivaled pixar so i will vote as tim right now uh but i think this is going to be at number 12 right that's how it's going to add up Mm-hmm. I think so. So we don't have to do that. I can't cool. believe we're putting this above Ratatouille. You guys are crazy. Hey, Joey, probably because nobody Ratatouille. knows how to pronounce it. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. <laughs> um, I'm not mad at it, but I do think it should have been lower. But I understand why you guys want to make it higher, and I get it. Uh, so the new rankings are as follows. Coco, 
Number one. Number two, Up. Number three, Monsters, Inc. Number four, Finding Nemo. Number five, Incredibles 2. Number six, Incredibles. Number seven, Wally. Number eight, Toy Story 3. Number nine, Inside Out. Number 10, Toy Story 2. Number 11, Toy Story 4. And rounding out 12 is Soul. Uh, and he wasn't good, Joe. <laughs> online. Uh, next week, of course. I would guys, like to change my vote. I'd like to put Wally at number 24. Just making <laughs> yeah, it work like Joe. that, Joey. Anyone can cook. Anyone can cook. We have... Is that it? That's 24, right? Is that yeah, it? 24. Yeah. All down. We did them. Very, very cool. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we do this show every week, twice a week, actually. Uh, and this this wraps up Pixar in review for now. But we are going to do Scream uh, coming up. And what was the other one we're going to do, Joe? Uh, we are going to do... Two Screams next week, right? We got two Screams next week. Oh, Scream that's three. Awesome. Very Scream. excited. And we're Four. very, very excited. Oh, that's super cool. I've been enjoying the Scream series. Uh, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to write into our shows, make sure you go over to patreon.com slash kindoffunny and back us over there with a couple of your hard-earned dollars. We really appreciate it, and it gets you exclusive access to our post-show content and ad-free content, and some of it might even be a little bit early. Uh, but we love you guys very, very much. If you got no bucks to give, please make sure you subscribe over on youtube.com slash kindoffunny where we put all this content for free. Uh, until next time, we love you very much. Just keep swimming. And you're welcome,